and he said thank you very much and Arsenal are in total control. Hey, welcome to Cannon Fodder and all things Arsenal podcast where we don't give a damn what the celebration police care about. I'm Tim. I'm Fred. Yes, Arsenal have done it. You can call every major press outlet in the world and let them know that we are winning the league. Arsenal beat City in the first little bit of silverware we can get for the season, um, which that is also kind of a joke. Um, but yeah, 1-1, Arsenal won on penalties to claim the Community Shield, the FA Community Shield, sorry. Yeah, honestly, it was a great game. Yeah, definitely. Lots to talk about. We're going to get through it quickly, though. It's one of those things where... Every team kind of has their bugbear. One of those teams that just kind of has them figured out a little bit. I think City is one of those teams for us. It has been yeah. um, really consistently. So it feels good to finally win uh, against them. Dude, yeah. Seriously, um, it was, uh, I think Arteta had lost eight times in a row against Pep. Yeah. So, I mean, they have our number. They're very good. They're the best team in the league. Probably the best team in the world. No, they're the best team in the world. They, pro- they proved that. Um and it's one of those things, it's like, yeah, we were top most of last season, but if you want to be the man, you have to beat the man. If you want to be the best team, you got to beat the best team. Um, yeah. And we weren't able to do that. So it was like, Community Shield's weird. It's um, I just listened to the Arsenal Vision, their little uh, Patreon um, instant mm. reaction pod, and Tim Stillman called it a, uh, a friendly plus. Like, it's a friendly, technically. Like, it's not actually, like, for points in the Premier League, but it's the season curtain racer, and you yeah. definitely want to win it, um, no matter what the uh, little dickhead celebration police say. So, yeah, um, uh, it's fun to win, um, but it's, it's reel it in. Let's get into it. Um, I, I don't know if we texted before the game, but that lineup came out, and I was uh, – incredibly intrigued what'd you think of it yeah it was interesting i didn't get a chance to look at any of the pre-match stuff so uh yeah my wife was working all day so i was kind of busy with the kids and you know we went on like a super long uh family bike ride this morning so i was just kind of not paying attention to any of the pre-match stuff so i didn't even know what the lineup was i saw the lineup literally when i turned on espn (laughs) plus and i saw them come out and i was like oh shit have started (laughs) yeah so well that was the main talking point right it was unfortunately jesus picked up an injury in training i don't know exactly doesn't matter um had to have a tiny anthroscopic knee surgery type deal he'll be out for i think it, it officially came out they're hoping four to six weeks which is uh I don't know. That'd be cool. But also that kind of sucks. He'll miss a good few games at the start of the season. But that was the big question. Is it going to be Eddie filling in? Eddie started in the uh, the Monaco um, Emirates Cup win um, and wore the armband, which is also worth something, too, in that game. Um, I don't think that's just a performative thing. I think Arteta takes it a little bit more seriously than that. Um, but then, yeah, so going into this one playing against Man City, who's best suited to it. Havertz has a great record against City. Is he going to put Trossard up there and play Havertz in the left eight? Is Rice going to start? He didn't play. Um, or he did play against Monaco, but he didn't play in Barcelona, against Barcelona. So, yeah, lots of lineup. Um, I don't know, just kind of like curiosity I had going into it. So when it came out that Rice was at six, yeah. Havertz was up top, I was like, okay, that makes a ton of sense. That's like a safe yeah. option, it seems like. But it, it definitely felt secure and definitely felt like these guys have kind of been there, done that. So let's see what they gel like let's see what they play like together 
Yeah, it was yeah, it was interesting because you and me had talked about earlier in the week, like, okay, like what's your lineup for City? What's your lineup for Nottingham? Yeah. And we both had, you know, Ramsdale and we both had uh Timber at, at left back, um, who for me is man of the match. Yeah, we'll Arsenal. get on to him. He was insane. Yeah, he was he's <laughs> he's a player, it's, it's, dude. Yeah, I mean, dude, it was yeah, incredible performance from him. He he just looks like he's been playing like this forever um but yeah you know we had the defense right part a starting yeah and you know that kind of holding midfield role was i think the right choice and then you know getting to Havertz, i i think Havertz actually played really well even though i think he missed i would you know it's like one of them was a really good chance and the other one was he made it a better chance. The first one, you know? Um, yeah. I think, I think they weren't sitters, but Kyle Saka yeah. missed a sitter in the second half. Like, but Havertz chances, yeah. he had a bit to do. Yeah. And so, yeah, but it's like, I, you know, we talked about earlier in the week, I would have started Trossard. I would have started him because I think he's, he's unlucky. Sharper, yeah. You know, yeah. and every time, every time he gets on the pitchers, it feels like he has something to contribute. It's insane how productive he is. Um, and yeah, continues seriously. to be. Um, yeah. So, but you know, I don't think Havertz was bad. I think he gave us something that was really good. Um, you know, just getting straight into the game. You know, the first, I would probably say the first twenty minutes of that game, City really dominated. They dominated possession. Yeah. Um, you know, they had. You know, I wouldn't necessarily say they had any good chances. We, you know, Arsenal, that first chance we had with Havertz was the first shot on goal. Right. Um, you know, so we definitely had two really big chances in the first half. But, you know, the way City started was exactly how you would expect them. The, there was one interesting thing tactically with them that I thought was a little bit interesting was that I noticed off the bat with their lineup is they had Rodri and Kovacic in midfield as a double pivot, which isn't something that Pep does a whole lot. Yeah, um, not normally. You know, he usually has Rodri sitting there, and he has one of his fullbacks, or, you know, with John Stones, or he has one of his center backs kind of carry into midfield a lot more, and it kind of adds that extra thing there, you know. Or Ferdinando used to drop in a whole lot and kind of be a, like a center back slash holding midfielder kind of thing, and then one of the center backs would pull up. So you kind of have this weird double pivot by yeah. bringing a defender in because you have so much – possession but right. it was really interesting because i feel like it sort of gave us it gave them way more dominance on the ball but it didn't necessarily give them like more incision with the ball it didn't you know, give I, them I, territory I, really either they did kind of possess yeah. it in their half most of the time yeah i mean or they were in our half a whole a, a, a big part of the first half but it didn't matter because we defended really well you know, we weathered that storm, and as soon as I feel like we got that chance with that that first chance we got that um, you know, Martinelli that uh, that they saved, um, I you, feel like you're. Are you talking really, about the Ben White pullback to Havertz, and then it popped out to Martinelli? Yeah, yeah. Then it pops out yeah, to Martinelli. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a great chance. It's a great chance, and it's. I mean, to be fair, it's a good save. I don't think it's a bad miss for Martinelli. Or anything like that, you know? No, it's, it's or Havertz. Like, yeah. like you said, it was a great save from the Havertz shot. He shot first after the Ben White cutback, then it rebounded yeah. out to Martinelli, who they had like the goalkeeper and three center backs on the line, basically. So it was hard to squeeze it through. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's a good take. First time, you know, smacked it in. Good first take. I think it's John Stones who makes the block. Yeah, yeah. Um, he has to go down for a minute because I think it hit him like right, like where his, like kind of like it looked like a freaking like kidney shot, like in boxing. Dude, it was it straight bad. in the nipple, dude. Straight in the nipple. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's a good chance. It was super incisive. It was really good play from us um, on that right hand side. And I feel like it really brought a lot of confidence into the team. And I think we kickstarted from there. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. It was a it was a, a tactical battle at the start, I feel like, more than anything. City, like I kind of said earlier, possessing the ball for possession's sake. Arsenal felt a little nervy, but were kind of just doing their jobs, kept their shape well. But as soon as we kind of figured out how to defend and just not let them through, um, then you kind of saw us grow into it a bit more, have a bit more confidence in like our kind of player spacing. I thought Odegaard was getting on the ball. Um, finally, you know, at 15 yeah. like ish minute mark and he's gone missing in big games. That was a criticism of his, a subtle criticism because he had an amazing season last season. But if there was anything, it was those big, big games. He kind of goes missing a smidge sometimes, especially against city. He's not had his best games for us at all. Just been kind of peripheral. Um, yeah. It's like any of those involved. games that we play, you know, there's certain teams we play that want to bypass your midfield, like Spurs. They yeah. want they don't want to play through your midfield, right? No. Um, City were know, the same last season. That's the code exactly. that they cracked. They played over the top, long into uh, Holland, who knocked it down for De Bruyne, and they're away. Like they just yeah. skipped our press. They skipped um, like just the way we can win the ball back, and then we have that quick build up, quick transition type stuff. But um, yeah, no, I uh, I thought when Odegaard finally got his foot on the ball a bit we started to grow in confidence that first yeah. chance like you mentioned ben white breaking free i really i thought it was a stellar game from him overall hey, hey, really hey, was just well. very physically imposing um and then when he did get forward i wish he did a good bit he's doing that more and more um which is which is nice he's not just playing that kind of tuck in center back right back type role like i mean that touch he field. had that first touch it was he great had set yeah. up you know that that chance you know past the defender was it was beautiful. Yeah, he had a great game. And, you know, on the other side, Timber, you know, playing in that inverted left back role. I'm, you know, it's kind of hard. You know, like a, a lot of the people before the game and after game were like, oh, he's out of position. He's out of, you know, it's like this weird thing. But, dude, he was amazing. Getting up and down, coming inside, he gave, he carried the ball so much for us. He gave us such a massive outlet. Yeah. Um, he defended really well. I mean, oh, yeah. to the last minute, you know? Yeah. He's explosive. He got, he got subbed off, but yeah. Yeah. He, he looked a little tired when he came off, but no, he's, uh, dude, he was able to I would love to look up the stats to see how much he ran. Cause I felt like he was every everywhere. Time, every time I looked up, there was, there were so many times where Saliba would get the ball and Timber would just start running. Yeah. You know, because and, and I think that's good in some ways. He's, he doesn't do it like Suarez does, Cedric did, you know, where he would just <laughs> right. like it just made vacate no the premises. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, he would come in then go outside. You know, he was able to like make it, it was simultaneously moving into Martinelli's space while also giving him more options. Because yeah. one of the things I really noticed in the first half, obviously, I think we were the better team in the second part of the first half. We, when we Definitely. really got on the yeah. ball and started playing, I thought I thought we were a way more deadly team. Yep. Um, we didn't capitalize. But there's something very interesting. And I feel like part of it is Rice just won. I, 
you know, he's he came back a lot later in preseason. He's not fully up to fitness yet. I think when the, by the Nottingham Forest game, I think he'll be fit 100%. Um, maybe not tactically, but when we would get the ball in the first half, the distances from our midfield and our back line was too much. Too big, yeah. You would see Gabrielle. You would see Timber pick it up. You would see Saliba get the ball. And Partey would be too far away. Rice wouldn't be in enough. You, and if you flip it around and look at City, when they have possession of the ball, their midfielders are a lot closer together. They're a little bit more compact. Um, yeah. And their fullbacks are pushed way further up, you know, Akanji and, and Walker, you know, so it's easier for them to kind of move the ball around the way they want to. So it was really interesting when City were pressing us. It was difficult for us to play out because our spacing was weird. And I think part of that was, I think it was not necessarily supposed to be maybe that far apart, but I think the way that we were pressing and what we were trying to do, it kind of made sense that we weren't all perfectly in position. But Yeah, dude, I think our left-hand side just kind of took a minute to get into the game. I think that's yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. what it was. Like our right-hand side, it makes sense. You've got Saka, Odegaard, Ben White. They've played together a lot. They've played together very well. That right-hand pod is like amongst the best in the league and in, in Europe, I'd argue. You know what I mean? The way they can all interchange, interplay, overlapping runs, all sorts of stuff. The left-hand side, you got Timbers, brand new. Rice is brand new and struggling with fitness a bit. And then Martinelli, who's kind of always on an island out there um, by himself. If you think about it, you know, with our inverting left back role that Zinchenko fulfilled and Timber kind of does now. Um, you got to imagine they'll kind of job share a good bit this season with Zinchenko's injury history. But Martinelli's kind of out there on that left wing on an island a bit. I know Jesus comes, goes over and combines, but Martinelli doesn't have that overlapping fullback um, nearly as much as, you know, say Bukayo Saka does on the other side. Yeah. But that's part of what I thought Timber did really well. Um, and so, yeah, like you said, I'd be curious to see his running stats because he's just got a really lovely explosive nature about his play if that makes sense like whether he's yeah, but, yeah, putting in a challenge on, yeah the way he is on the ball too i mean like yeah dude he yeah he, he just has such a great way of running and making space and playing with the ball is great yeah it's super good he can just drop his shoulder and and retain possession send a guy the wrong way pass it back to the back four he can just as easily drop a shoulder and push the ball forward a couple yards and chase it down. You know what I mean? Um, and his passing is crisp and he's confident. He'll he'll invite pressure onto himself. So he's he's a he's an Arsenal player. He, he's a player city that would fit in on City's team. I feel like you know. I mean, dude, there play. were times so. in the second half where Bernardo Silva was starting to get a little tired. It looked like yeah, and Timber was like blazing past him. He was all he over did, him. Yeah. Looked, yeah, he looked like a Ferrari racing a daggum Fiat. I was like, holy shit. But I like the same tenacity that Timber brings to his defensive game. And just, yes. just quickly, like, lastly on him, and we'll move on. But, like, he 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 will get stuck into challenges. He had a few crucial blocks early in the first half, um, cutting out crosses. He's just a, he's a good defensive player. That's an area you'd say he's probably better than Zinchenko at, you know. Um, so He's a good defender. Yeah, he, he can defend well. You look, look at the size of his legs. I know it's like a, yeah. it's a silly little point, but he's just explosive. You know, whether it's getting forward, getting back, putting in a challenge, he's just got a seems to have a really good physique, like just mind for the game and the way we want to play. So he, I think, was probably overall man of the match, but I almost feel like he deserves to be like off on his own because if you think about last season, um, our game struggled when Zinchenko wasn't in. It just did. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like yeah. We, we didn't have as good options, whether that was Tierney coming in at left back, Kivi or towards the very end of the season or Shaka dropping in. Sometimes like nothing quite worked the same and we didn't work the same. We didn't have the same control. 
it just the whole shape looked off. But with a guy like Timber, you got to think like, hey, he's he's good. I'm not going to be scared if Zinchenko's not going to be there. Okay, cool. And then also you can almost see that like, hey, this guy Timber is very good. He might even take Zinchenko's role. Potentially. Yeah, that's what I think. So, I mean, we'll that's see. that's that's what I think because obviously Zinchenko's amazing and he's not in a team right now, so it's hard sometimes for fans to like to remember how revolutionary he was to how our team. How influential, yeah, yeah. Same yeah. thing with Jesus. It's like he's yeah. out of team and people don't they forget the streets don't forget, but the people forget. Um, but <laughs> the thing the thing with Zinchenko is he the two biggest flaws for him are his physicality and his defending. Exactly. He's yeah. not a terrible defender, but he's not a fantastic one. Um, you know, so it's one of those things where I'm just like, he's going to break down. He's going to yeah. miss a lot of games. And if Timber can be fit, if he can, you know, he has the technical ability, the passing the physicality, you know, he kind of has all the things that Zinchenko has, but the physical robustness, the explosive power, yeah, it's a lot. You know, it's a lot. So, and he's young, man, but he's twenty four. So it's kind of one of those things. That three, I think he's younger years, than that, but yeah, I think I, it's twenty three, twenty four, something like that. Very young. Our whole team's super young. It's kind of fun. Um, I, the last thing I'll say about him is like, and just about that whole situation with him and Zinchenko, like. Zinchenko's probably a bit better in possession and probably a bit better going forward. That's probably realistic. You know what I mean? He's he's a unique left back. He's not a left back. He's a center mid. Um, but he's but also just, three, four years older than Timber. You know, that's, yeah, that's, and he's that's been in the league longer. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm just but, like, I just feel like you give Timber that those couple years, let him be in this team that is just rocking. Let him cook, and, dude. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm, it's it's exciting. It's really he could exciting. be he could be really good. But where I would see Zinchenko's a little bit better going forward. I would see Timber is a little bit better going backwards while also being pretty good going forward. So it's just going to be up to Arteta to get the balance right. It's probably yeah. going to depend on yeah, who we yeah. play. You think about a game like this, it's against a top, top team, the best team. He's going to play a slightly more defensively secure, but still kind of lets us play our way type player in Timber. But, you know, if he's fit, if he was fit, we'll see this might not even be a, uh, this might be a moot point, but a player like Zinchenko on the opening day against the Nottingham Forest at home, where we are going to have a lot more of the ball and we just need to pick the lock, so to speak. Like Zinchenko seems like he's your man. So if nothing else, Hey, it's competition for places. It's variety. Even if slightly we get to keep our way of playing, but also kind of switch it up a bit at the same time. So I thought Timber was fantastic. Those first tap chances we had those two Havertz chances. I think, you know, he got, he got a lot of stick. And when he came over from Chelsea, people were like, Oh, he's not a good finisher. I'm like, nah, dude, those weren't super easy chances, um, and he had a lot to do. And I just liked the way he got stuck in. I liked watching Havertz um, from goal kicks back into defenders and like retain possession. He did that really well. Yeah, yeah, a couple yeah, times, he, so. yeah. I mean, yeah, he was. There was a there was a quite a few times where, you know, he, he was like, you know, Ruben Diaz is all over him, all yeah, over bear his back, hugs. you know, yeah, 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 you know, pulling his arms back. And he's able to take this great touch with his head or his chest or his foot. And it was just, it was amazing. Yeah. I thought he, I thought he had a really good game. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's I, yeah. And that's again, that second part of the first half, I thought we really came into the game. We really played well. And I really, you know, it's like we should have been winning the game, you know, all things considered, but we weren't. And yeah, I was a little bit worried, you know, transitioning into the second half. Cause I was like, okay, like pep is very, and I, I think Arteta is the same, but Pep and Arteta are very good at analyzing 
a game state and giving their players instructions to change the flaws of what happened, right? Yeah, like definitely. you saw it so much, um, you know, with with a during like the COVID stuff and even a little bit last year, yeah. you know, Arteta's like always kind of having these like little powwows with the team and, and giving people instructions and it helps, you know, he's, he's, he's very good at that. So I was a little bit worried going to the second half. I'm like, okay, like city aren't gonna kind of like, like something's going to change, you know? Right. Well, De Bruyne was on the bench still. So that's always yep. scary when the, probably the best player in the world or best midfielder in the world, at least is, kind of chilling in the background. That's always kind of frightening. Um, but I, I know exactly what you mean. Um, I, I just wanted to see us come back out and play a little bit more imposing. You know, someone who I wanted to see a bit more of in the second half was Declan Rice. I feel like in the first half, he was good. He was solid. He's physically imposing. He's, you know, still getting to fitness, but you can just see uh, he's got a bit more burst than like a Thomas Party. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And a little bit more of like a kind of sustained sprint. You see Party sometimes get beat, you know, over maybe 40, 50 yards, but Rice is, he caught a couple guys up in the second half and it was, it was impressive. Um, like taking candy from a baby type stuff. But I feel like going into that second half, it seemed like, I don't know if this is true, obviously, but Arteta kind of told him like, Hey, play a little bit more expressively. Like you can just kind of let a couple passes go. You know what I mean? Cause it was just in the first half, regain the ball, retain the ball, just circulating possession. Wasn't really trying too much going forward in the second half. Pretty early on, he had a, a nice line breaking pass out to Martinelli and just seemed to kind of uh-huh. press forward a bit more. Um, so I was really happy to see him play that role a bit better. Um, and so it just makes you wonder if like, you know, Thomas Party's a great player, had a great game. Again, he's very influential for us. Um, Declan Rice in that number eight role. I just wonder how much more there is to come from him. And it's it's pretty exciting to see the little glimpses. Yeah, I thought yeah, I thought he played well, and I, and in the first half especially, I thought his off the ball work was good. I thought he was pressing good. I thought you know defensively, I thought he was good. Yeah, um, you seriously. know it's hard for the majority of that first half when you're kind of playing sort of the way we had to to a certain extent, a lot more kind of letting City have the ball and and kind of slowly yeah, a lot more reactive into the game, you know. But yeah, yeah, yeah he had that great that great moment in the second half where he ran down Silva and nipped the ball right off of him. Oh, you know, he's, yeah. He's power. Yeah. It's, he's powerful. He's powerful. And when he gets completely up to fitness and again, like, you know, Arteta said, like when he, once he gets these games, once he gets around these players more, you know, it's, it's going to make a big difference. Um, because I think it's one of those things where it's like, I think we're going to see Arteta try to keep rice in the midfield as much as he can. If whether it's playing as a six or an eight, I think he's going to try to keep him in the team as much as he can because the reality is Partey will get injured and he will be right, out yeah. for three weeks, mm-hmm. at least once or twice this season. Who's going to play there? Rice, you know? Yeah, exactly. So like he needs to be in the team. He needs to figure out, how we're moving, how we're driving. It doesn't matter which position he's in that midfield. He needs to be in there and he needs to figure some stuff out. Um, yeah. And in the second half was a little interesting for me because I feel like obviously the substitutions that city made like right around the hour mark, um, you know, Grealish came off. Um, Foden came on. Yep. Foden came on. Silva came off. Right. And he came off a good bit later. I think they took yeah, off Holland yeah, yeah, for yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, Cole yeah. Palmer. Yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, you're right. And obviously it made a difference. Cole Palmer, um, 
you know, was able to score the goal. He had another shot right before he scored, like a couple of minutes before, um, that you feel like if you would have hit it first time, you might have it might have uh, been a little more dangerous. But the, quick thing on their goal that that Cole Palmer goal, we we texted like seconds after great hit great goal can't take much away from the guy but it annoyed me so much how thomas party got beaten in midfield um that phone well, yeah it was the phone turn yeah. was really nice right leading up yeah. to it that just allowed them to just sprint through our, our kind of middle third of the pitch great turn it's one of those things if you're going to pinch up like that and i'm sure party knows this you have to win the ball or you have to take the man out you and, and take your yellow card but uh that was kind of a as a side a note <laughs> he was already on a yellow and that was just as a little quick aside I didn't want it to go too unnoticed. No, yeah, yeah. And, the ref yeah. was just awful. And these new rules that they're trying to bet in were really annoying. It's it's like, it felt like Arsenal were kind of being made the example of it. So, you know, party in that first half kicked the ball away to prevent them yeah. from taking a quick free kick and got a yellow for it. And it, you saw Gabriel get one later for a goal kick. And I think Julian Alvarez even got one where he was kicking it to the ball boy as the ball boy was handing it back to us for a throw in. But kicking the ball away gets a yellow. It's like... I, I'm just curious about. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about how it's going to pan out. And you saw yeah. Arteta get a yellow in the first half for for complaining and wanting a yellow card for Rodri, which ironically he just never got, despite which is insane. Five it's or like, six yellow card offenses. It makes no sense. Yeah, that's a whole another. That's a that's whole a whole other pod. <laughs> is uh is Rodri? But I just I didn't want it to go unnoticed how annoying I thought the officiating was. Um, yeah, it was. It was. Not, it, it's it not a huge great. talking point, but it, it was just annoying that. Yeah. Foden turning party like that. Well, party would maybe in normal circumstances just take him out, right? Take the yellow, take him out. Don't let him break on you like that. But he couldn't because of the stupid, stupid yellow earlier. So we're seeing yeah. players are going to have to adjust if they actually keep it up. You know, it could be like last season when you remember they started the season. Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna play it on. We're gonna let more stuff go. Let the game be a bit more physical until Arsenal went ahead at Old Trafford with that Martinelli goal. Then you know that little Odegaard quote-unquote yeah, foul yeah. on Erickson yeah. than that. Yeah, we're just going to forget that whole new season directive. Um, so we'll see how long this one lasts, but I just wanted to make that little point that it was it was quite annoying. But at the end of the day, it was a great goal. Cole Palmer cut inside, top bends. What can you do? Yeah, and you know, it's a little bit fortunate too in the sense that there's a couple, um, you know, like Foden comes in, he tries to pass it out. A couple little ricochets in there. It yeah. takes a little clip. Tierney gets a foot on it and it falls right to De Bruyne who heads De Bruyne who very, you know, I mean, it's quick thinking. Like he sees it, boom, heads it down. It's a great goal. It's a great goal for them. Um, Did the the shot and everything. So it it was, but it was annoying, you know? And then I feel like one of the defining characteristics of this Arsenal team to me, Mm. and especially last season, um, is this just ability to not put their heads down, to keep their heads up, and to keep fighting and fighting and fighting. We saw that a lot last season. And this young team has a serious backbone in it because you just – I feel like after the goal, there was no hung heads. There was a lot of hunger and there was a lot of desire. Like, yeah, the Community Shield is a glorified friendly that gets people's blood pumping for a real Premier League match, you know? That's what it is. It's yeah. designed to get people up, to get people excited. And, you know, there's some it, – it's – preseason stuff has changed a lot in the last, you know, 15, 20 years. And, you know, you see you have United playing a friendly today. You had, you know, um, 
I don't know if it was Chelsea or someone else, but there's other teams like Spurs played a friendly today or something like that, you know? So yeah, it's kind of, yeah, yeah. you have these other teams who they wish they were at the community shield instead of playing athletic Bilbo, Bilbo hmm. or whatever, yeah. you know, like they wish that they were there. Um, so it is more than a friendly, but it is really just a friendly. And I don't know. I, I was really proud of us when I saw that team, like, we we started fighting more after they scored, you know. Yeah. Like we pushed and pushed and pushed. The substitutes we played that, better. Yeah, yeah, we played better. The substitutes that we made were all attacking substitutes. You know, it was yeah. it was this huge push from Arteta where I feel like he was really like, no, like at some point, like the levy has to give, the water has to break, and we have to win or not lose to this team. You know, like yeah. you could see how much our team really wanted it, and again. Yeah, it is just a friendly, but it means so much. I feel like to this team, yeah, to start off like this. I don't know. I, I thought it was great. It was it was really good. And I mean, we we've got a hit on him. The goal, Trossard came off the bench. You could definitely argue he's very unlucky not to start because yeah, you can have a man of the match from this game or any other game in preseason. But if there's like a a man of preseason, a man of the preseason. It was Trossard. He had such a good, he was so sharp. He was so technically clean. He was so effective and productive and a little bit of a lucky deflection here, but great goal um, from some corner scraps. Just the way he makes space for himself, where he, where he cuts inside and sells uh, De Bruyne, whoever that was for a hot dog, like great, great little move. But he just does stuff like that. He had some really beautiful combinations on the left-hand side where he's doing little Cruyff passes between people's legs and shit. It's just like, Man, he's such a good player, Dude. and you'd got to imagine the only reason he doesn't start is maybe his like defensive capabilities aren't quite up there with uh, a Havertz, you know, in this situation, or definitely a Rice. Um, so he's unlucky not to start for those reasons, especially when we're playing a top team like City. But my God, when he's on the ball, there's no wasted movement. He's effective. He's efficient. He, whether he's retaining possession or actually moving us forward, the stuff he does comes off nine times out of ten. Dude, Trossard came on right. And I texted you like he should have started, right? Yeah. This yeah, is yeah, a, yeah. this is word for word what I texted you. I said, Trussard should have started. I was like, Havertz at false nine, quote unquote, worked in terms of he was in the right spots. But Trossard is a killer, bro. You yep. see how he moves. Like yeah, he gets dude. there and he makes it happen. And then I'm not even kidding you. I texted you that. And then 30 seconds later, <laughs> he scored the yeah. goal. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. He he's the type of player that like if there's a last minute chance, uh, through on goal, a little tap in, like if there's a player you would just trust in those type of like pressure pressure situations where you see really talented footballers kind of fluff their lines a bit, it's a player like Trossard. It's well, him, look at the goal. You know? Look at the goal that Trossard scored against Barcelona. The first um, one where he's the like one that's one v three or whatever. No, the second one where it's whipped in. Oh, the Tierney Cross one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. That is almost a mirror image of the chance that Saka missed. Yeah, that's uh, you know we I mean? have to hit on that. That Saka miss was unfortunate. It was a great cross by Ben White. Yeah, it's great. And it's on his weaker foot, you know, but it's like It's fine. It can happen. Yeah. It's 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 one of those things where I feel like 6 7 games into the season, Saka scoring that no problem. Yep, exactly. You know, yep. he's he's that sharp. But Trossard those chances that I just feel like anytime something happens like that, if he does not score, it is a shot on target. It's just few yeah. and far between where you, where he has a glaring 
mistake. mistake. Yeah, dude, you know? exactly, exactly. What he tries, it, it comes off nine times out of ten, whatever he tries. You know what I mean? Whether it's a dribble, retaining possession, passing back, passing forward, through ball, shot, cross, whatever. Nine times out of ten, it comes off. Yeah, and obviously, it <laughs> yeah, it's, it, obviously the shot takes a huge deflection, but it's the, it's the fact that he has that uncanny ability to be in the right place at the right time. Making and space for himself in a crowded yeah, penalty box. Yeah, exactly. doesn't matter if it's the left foot, right foot. Yeah. doesn't matter if there's four defenders or one defender. He, you know, it's the same thing I say about Sokka. Uh, Trossard kind of has that ability. Like with Sokka, dude, he'll take you inside, outside, right foot, left foot. He'll run yeah. at you. He'll stand you up. He'll you know he'll track back and steal the ball from you and carry it he'll he'll put in an amazing cross he's got everything you want yeah everything he can do everything trossard is almost that you yeah. know yeah exactly he, like i said he's i the think same way yeah he goes in and out he does everything you know yeah. he's so good i really do think it's like arteta you notice arteta there's a theme with his forwards and a lot of the kind of attacking mid players he's played and bought and they can defend well. They can track back. And Trossard is just a little bit slower. Maybe his defensive instincts, they're not bad per se, but they're maybe not quite as sharp as like a Martinelli. I think he's very you know? good at pressing, but I don't think he's a, he's good at defending. Tracking back. You look at Martinelli yeah. and Saka in particular, maybe, you know, Martinelli, let's let's put him up against because they're almost kind of fighting for that left wing position in a way. At least they were last season. We'll see what happens this season. Um, but uh, yeah, Martinelli, you regularly see him tracking back, especially for Zinchenko in that left back spot, making a last minute challenge, blocking across, whatever it is. You don't see Trossard doing that too much. So it is just really unlucky for him that he doesn't start because he has everything else. Going forward, he's about as good a player as you could ask for. Plays our way. Like you watched him play. First time you watched him play, you're like, oh, that's an Arsenal player. That makes sense. That looks right. You know what I mean? Um, so he, he just deserves major, major um, kudos and flowers for another good yeah. little cameo. Took a Very great productive pen, goal. Too. Great penalty. Never in doubt. Side deading. Like he's just, yeah, you don't really worry about the guy. <laughs> in yeah, he looked like he was situations. in training. He came up, did his little thing, kind of looked breath, at it, and then banged it in and corner. just <laughs> walked back like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah. No, dude, I, I, I absolutely love him. So, dude, um, it was awesome to win. Um, their penalties, some of them are really bad. Can I say two things about the penalties real yes, quick? Yes, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I, I texted you, I get nervous now every time Sokka takes a penalty. And yeah, I, know I was going like to get on to it. Yeah, I know it's yeah, unfortunate. Yeah. Um, but dude, Fabio Vera's penalty. It was sexy, dude. Dude, can we talk about it? Dude, he needed that. He needed that big time. That penalty he skied um, in, was it DC? No, it wasn't DC. I, I can't remember where it was or who it was against. It was in preseason. But uh, no, it was against Man United in the stupid glorified pointless penalty mm-hmm. thing. Skied his penalty. It, was, it, it, it wore on him. But dude, top ends. Put that as far up there as you can get it. It was perfect. Yeah, no keeper's getting that, dude. No, no, no. He dove the right way, but he was just nowhere close. Um, and then and- I, it was just amazing. He wins it, and he you see him run. He's massive smile on his face. All the Arsenal fans losing their shit. Dude, yep. yeah. And, you know, going back just a little bit into the second half, I thought that Vieira played really well when he came on. That's fair to bring that up. Yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. he played well. I thought he played well. I, and it's one of those players who, you know, we've talked a lot about that is kind of in that, in between stages in this transitionary stage where he's still very young, he needs to adapt and he needs to contribute if he's going to stay. And I feel like his, it kind of seems like his attitude, his motivation, you know, the, the intensity and the technical level that he's trying to display is changing. And I think that's a really good thing. Yeah. He seems a lot more kind of like present and involved. That's, that's maybe been his primary criticism 
um, outside of the obvious, like maybe physique based ones, is that he kind of goes missing in games, doesn't really show for the ball as much as, let's say, like an Odegaard does, you know, under pressure in those moments in games when you need to show for the ball and show for your teammates. He hasn't done that yet. And it seemed like the past couple preseason games and this game in particular, he was perfectly fine to receive the ball and relieve pressure and try to get us going forward. Got on the end of a couple potential chances, you know, um, late in that second half as we were kind of pressing forward before we finally got that goal. I think that's, yeah, super, super valid to bring up the fact that he's looking just a little bit better integrated and looking a little bit more at home. And like I said, just a bit more like positive and ready to go receive the ball and make an impact on the game because the guy's got talent. You don't take penalties like that on accident. You don't take goals like you did against Barcelona, like that top bins from 20 yards out on accident. You know what I mean? Like, He's got talent. He's got technique. It's just that mentality and maybe still a little bit of physical kind of like aspects of the game that he's got to brush up on. But it yeah. seems like he's he's getting there, which is cool. So, dude, it was a great win. Fuck those guys. Um, yeah. Odegaard, um, quickly, before we... We're going to take a break here in a second, come back with our, our men of the match, our mans of the match, and we've not told each other what our answers are um, necessarily. So it'll be a surprise. Um but just real quickly before we go to that little break, I wanted to shout out Odegaard um, for having a good game, you know, against yeah. Man City in a, in a big, big game. Um, I also just thought like it really just kind of set in how involved he is and how much he leads our press. Like he is the heartbeat of the team. Saka's the star boy. You got Saliba at the back who is was amazing. Um, you know, you've got good players and personalities all across the pitch, but he really does just dictate the way that we play and is just everything that Mikel Arteta has kind of tried to mold this squad into. It's it's talent. Yeah, obviously, he's very talented. It's a lot of hard work and determination and just professionalism yeah. at the same time. And honestly, it's just a lot of class. It's a lot of the things we just love about Arsenal, the things that we like to think set us apart from other clubs. You know what I mean? I just feel like Odegaard exudes those qualities and... Had a great game, was very imposing, took his penalty really, really well. And um, I love him. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Great. He's a great captain, dude. Long may it continue. Um, anyways, yeah, so we're, we're going to pop into that break real quick, um, come back with our men of the match, and then um, say goodbye. Bye. go first all right here we go um i kind of touched on it i almost spoiled myself um <laughs> spot spot my underwear almost done spot my drawers um, as they say it down here in the low country but almost spoiled my answer at the end there um william saliba has to be my man of the match though dude he is it's the his nickname the cliched way people refer to the way that he plays He's a Rolls-Royce footballer, and on the ball, he's fantastic. Physically, he's imposing. How many shots did Holland have in this game, Tim? Mm, let me think. Uh, zero. Yeah, zero. None. And, and that's one thing we never got to see last season uh, was Saliba versus Holland, and it's a difficult situation. You don't really want to put yourself in. You don't want to think back to last season and say, man, if Saliba had stayed fit, we might have won the title. But when he puts yeah. in performances like yeah. that yeah, against yeah, City, yeah. I'm just like, fuck, dude. We might have won it if he, if he would have stayed fit. Like I mean, this. if you look at City's <laughs> XG crazy. stats, if you look at their XG for the first half, 
very very low there's nothing there and it was nothing think, yeah you got to think about all the all, you know yeah saliba man again it's like you can't look at any area of this team and not see a story you yeah. know yeah the story seriously. of how saliba is in this team and how arteta kind of made some hard decisions but brought it back in and it's perfect for him you know you look at Saka or you look at Martinelli and all the things people said about him why is he not playing blah blah blah, blah. it's like right there's all these stories there's all these different things you can say about all these players and I feel like to a certain extent we're more sensitive to it than maybe other teams yeah or for sure. other fans you know but you know it's just you can't look at Saliba and not think man like who else would we have playing there like who else would you want in world football playing there? Like frankly, like I'm, I'm like on. I'm not yeah. gonna necessarily call him the best defender in the world, maybe just yet. But he's well on his way to it. Like who would you want in that position besides William Saliba at this point? Who would you want at your club just signed to a fresh, long term contract? Like I can't think of anyone else. You know, he's 22. He's amazing already. Um, he's so good on the ball. He can wiggle out of tight spaces in emergencies, which are gonna happen in these big games. You know what I mean? Um, and going forward we saw him do some crazy stuff last season as well. It's like, yeah, he's got everything. He's got the aura. He's got the presence. He's got the physical capability. He's got absolutely everything you want. And it was just lovely to see him back playing 90 minutes, um, which was nice. Uh, And that back issue, knock on wood, seems to not really be much of an issue anymore. So it's cool to see him just physically impose himself and just control the vast majority of that game against the best team in the world. So, William Saliba is my man. Hmm. What you got, for, Tim? Who do you have? For me, I don't know. It's kind of a tough one. Yeah, it's a fun performance, yeah. I mean, it's like part of me wants to say Timber just because I feel like... That was my second you know, choice. <laughs> well, you know, it's like we're, they're playing at Wimley. There's tens of thousands of people there, and yeah. he was electric. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, he defended so well. Like, so much of his, like, dribbling on the ball was incredible. Yeah, I, I feel like it's kind of one of those things where it's like, if you have a player who's as good as him and he's playing as a left back, it's the same thing like when Jao uh, Cancelo was a major part of the city team. Yeah. He's not a defender. If you, in terms of, like, when he gets into the opponent's half, he immediately becomes a threat if that makes sense where it's not just like, like when with all due respect, but there's other teams, like you think about someone like, you know, Wamba Saka who plays at United when he is in the opponent's half, he is not an attacking threat very often at all, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I feel like Timber is, is it's, you can't let him be, he's going to, he'll run through midfield. He, he will make a run into the box. He will overlap. He'll defend. He, he'll, he does, so much with such you know that kind of like explosive pace and power um i'd be really i'd be really surprised if he doesn't score a little little bucket of goals just a little handful a little bucket you know yeah. maybe a big bucket one of those little one of those <laughs> little beer buckets you get at freaking yeah. some yeah, fish yeah, fry yeah. spot he dude it was funny earlier in the week i don't know if you saw the our clips from the, there's an interview between rio ferdinand and zenchenko um 
probably just some type of advertisement type deal with his game for Ukraine thing that happened mm-hmm. a few days ago. Yeah, um, yeah. But they were just talking about Zinchenko's inverted fullback role, about Arsenal, about the culture, all that kind of stuff. And this new guy, Timber, coming in to potentially take Zinchenko's spot. And Zinchenko talked about Timber and saying, like, yeah, he does what I do. You know what I mean? He comes inside. He he, he can he's he's calm on the ball, but he can also break lines, whether that's through his movement or through his passing. And, you know, and he, you also see he can defend. So, you know, maybe he does it a little better than me. Like Zinchenko said that, you know, um, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, he went on later in that interview to just completely expose and embarrass Rio Ferdinand as a crayon eating oaf um, <laughs> that doesn't understand football, but was just really good at it in fairness back in the day. So he's got a platform. So, Oh yeah. Dude, um, he's, he's a legend for a reason, legend for a reason, but not known for his brains. Um, we'll leave it there. Um, but yeah, all that to say timber, he's, he's got it all. And I'm just really excited. I think that's one of the biggest stories from preseason. Um, ironically, as far as our, our new players are concerned, it's not really been too much about rice. It's been a little bit more about Havertz, you know, rice struggling with, uh, with uh, fitness, sorry, and uh, Havert struggling to kind of learn and get involved in our system. And he's also been played in a couple of different positions, but you look at Timber and it's like, nah, dude, whenever he's been called upon that left back role specifically, he has shown out and has been very good. And every time I've watched him, he's been really exciting. Um, So yeah, Yeah. love that choice, dude. He's really good. Yeah. And that's it. And again, it's, this is a great way to start the season. It's a great way to start the season. Um, and I am extremely excited for next weekend playing Forest at home. I think it's three points on the board. Obviously, so. anything can happen, but yeah. I'm, I'm ready to start this campaign off and get, get grinding. Yeah, seriously, I'm excited for it to get going. There's been so much to talk about. This has been such a good summer, good preseason prep, really good players brought in. You know, early on, they've had time to kind of bet in. We'll see what happens with the rest of the window. Raya was in attendance, apparently, at, at Wembley. He, he's uh, he's eyeing the move. Um, club's still talking about it. Ramsdale saved another penalty, by the way, so shout out to him, too. Um, but yeah, just all around, there's exciting things happening at the club with these players, and I cannot fucking wait for Nottingham at home, it's going to be a rough one for me. We're, uh, we're going camping this weekend, and the game is also oh, at 4.30 on the West Coast. So <laughs> oh, damn. Um, I'm pretty sure we'll have cell service, but I will be literally in the woods um, watching my game, watching the game on my phone um, in my tidy whities in the woods <laughs> in the Pacific Northwest, baby, as God himself intended. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're, we're going to end it there before getting in trouble. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right, dude. Lovely talking. Um, We'll talk soon, guys, after the uh, Nottingham game early, early the following week. Smith Rowe again, and Barry Ann Sacker, and only goal, goal, goal.